Hello, neighbors. Welcome back to, to Future, Future Neighbor, Neighbor Podcast. Podcast. Oh man, it's been such a while. I actually wanted to really do this podcast now before our memory is fresh. Ah, as many of you know, uh, we share a lot of our life updates on our Instagram and as well as a lot of the baby photos. So uh, our baby's born. Our baby's Hara. Hara is Sol, and then Ah. If you know Korean, Sol Ah, <laughs> Oh Sol Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's her full name. And then her English name is what, Katie? Lauren. That's right. Um, we debated a lot on whether we need an English name or not, but we <laughs> ended up uh, having an English name for her. Yeah, maybe we could talk about the rationale later. Yeah. Uh, let's let's. Do we even have an intro? No. No, we didn't have an intro. Future neighbor. Podcast. We were so like excited to do this podcast. We're like just like. We just put the baby to sleep, and then right when we turned on like all of our podcasting gear, you just hear a. <laughs> so we i think we have about an hour before uh we have to go tend this to time our, is so precious and to our little <laughs> sweetie here so uh welcome back everybody and thanks for tuning in mm-hmm. uh, this episode is brought to you by none other than gochujar.com um, it's still alive <laughs> oh yeah it's alive and kicking and there's a lot of new stuff um among the many new products one thing that i really enjoy there has been the um, the artisan made nurungji. Nurungji in the old days, uh, rice used to be made on kamazots. These are these large um, iron cauldrons. And uh, when we, when families used to live in the countryside, you would make uh, rice in these cauldrons, and then uh, the bottom layer it gets crispy. And it's not only Koreans who enjoy this. I remember when I was like, had projects in Iran. They also like this nurungji. They have like this crispy layer, but they use saffron to cook their rice. So it's like a bit orangey. And um, they said like, you know, back in their past too, like family members would try to fight over the pieces. Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. And so in Korean, it's not as flavorful. It's more like scorched um, rice. And in Korea now, there's this manufacturer who like actually uses these um, cauldrons just to replicate that old school flavor. And we sell them on gochujar, and it's not like processed with like all this other like food additives and MSG and preservatives, but artisan made. And you can find that on gochujar.com. All you got to do is add a little bit of water and then bring it to boil. And then if you have like an upset stomach, you know, a lot of people go for like chuk, which is like rice porridge. You can also add a little bit of those nurungji bits and you get a nice warm meal for your stomach. I've been making nurungji a lot lately. Mm. So kind of like... To I'm help not, with my breast milk. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of durungji though. I just never grew up. Like my mom loves it. Like most of my family loves it. But for I me. I like it. It's kind of like after meal food. So after you have your food. Like you want to finish it off with something. Hot. Yeah. And durungji is good. All right. So let's let's get right into it. So Katie, I mean, you should really lead this conversation and this soul. Because I mean motherhood like fatherhood is one part of it but i think motherhood is really you know is that a baby <laughs> i think so <laughs> can you go check <laughs> one second guys honestly i can't i still like feel still sometimes unreal that i have a baby and this little baby came out of me you know i'm the same way like like one moment i'm like Wow, this is my reality. Second moment, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, is this really true? And that was really, really strong the first few weeks. Mm. And then so I had like just a wealth of emotions coming through. In the same way, like I think for me, when I was growing up, I would sometimes like listen to interviews by famous people or people who have succeeded and they'd be like, you know, what were some of your happiest moments or your proudest moments? And I always thought, like most people answer like, oh, like the birth of my child. And I always thought that was kind of like... Cliché? Not only cliché, but I was like... Didn't really speak to you? Yeah, it doesn't really resonate. Is that what just people just say? And is it that that great? And oh my God, it is. Like, (laughs) I think I would answer the same way. Because you go through pregnancy with your wife and you basically you do something very hard together. And when you see like the result, your baby coming out of the woman that you love and it's in your arms, it's just like such a beautiful, arduous and precious moment that like, yeah, I don't know, there's like, I, I'm sure yeah, there's chemical so releases in your brains too, but like. Even if I was Elon Musk, I think Elon also also says it too, but he says, you know, like seeing his child being born was like the most happiest thing ever. And like, you know, I mean, he's a man who's been like making space rockets and up and beyond like successes that anyone would see in any lifetime. I think he's probably had more business success than like 10 generations of a normal person, right? Yeah, just uh, amazing achievement. Yeah, and he still says that like the birth of his child um, was like one of the most joyous moments of his life, if not the most. And I think I would say the same. Like, it's it's everything. It's everything. I think it's like the most beautiful moment I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know how that resonates with people who haven't gone through it, but yeah, it's special. So I um, think so. Yeah, it's very special. And plus, I didn't even like babies before, so I didn't really know how I feel. But then, like, it's just. It it's just the moment you like give birth and you see the baby, like I change hundred eighty. <laughs> like now I love babies. Of course, I, like I I love my baby, but like if I see other babies, I'm also like smiling. Gives yeah. me like a joy. It's so cute. Yeah, I also thought that what's changed too is like when I would be out in public. Sometimes I'd see a baby. And I was like, oh, that baby's pretty ugly. <laughs> Like that thought would come to me, like, oh, that baby's pretty ugly. Or like, Ooh. I mean, a lot of single people who, like would feel like have that expe- feeling too. But now, when I see like babies, even if like previously I would like like their appearance would like be conscious to me, but now all I see doesn't is, matter. I know for me now I've changed. Yeah, like, going through, I was like, wow, that baby is so cute. So now all babies have turned cute. Yeah, because I think I understand like how ardu it is to even produce yeah. like a baby and so yeah. like they all become precious now yeah it's no longer like oh that baby's really cute oh that baby's oh kind of strange oh that oh wow when two like like ethnicities come together that's what that looks like oh interesting superficial thoughts don't come it's just like wow that baby's precious i wonder how old she is or he is like that's what comes to me like yeah. oh he's holding we've his become, neck we've we've become parents you can tell now yeah, yeah a lot more empathy yeah, we have so many places we can go. Um, with our baby? No, with this is discussion. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Where like, do you want to talk about first, Katie? Like a deep dive. Maybe we can talk about like my experience of actually giving birth. 
Yeah, you can. <laughs> You're sparing some details, of course, but yeah, uh, because initially I was um, intending for a natural birth, mm. and we were waiting. Oh, and then we reached week forty, but still we ha- we got no signs of baby coming out. Yeah. So we had to book in for like a induced labor. So it was exactly forty weeks and four days. Went into the hospital for induced labor. So. Yeah, that was something that I wasn't really expecting. I thought like the baby would just come naturally at around 40 weeks. Yeah. I had to go in like really early in the morning, like 7 a.m. But then I had a lot of anxiety towards that because when I read online, there's a lot of failure stories. Yeah, kind of stories where like the induced labor didn't really work and then people end up getting like C-section. So I was like really fearing that and kind of like scared and yeah, I had to like get myself ready for like C-section too in Uh, my mind. I'm going to interject here just because uh, there might be some guys listening who have no idea what induced labor or or young people, but basically like inducement is like normally during a pregnancy, it goes until 40 weeks and then during those like final few weeks, some of course get it earlier start getting natural contractions and then you go to the hospital if your water breaks um because that means the baby's ready to go but it like when i watch movies i thought when the water broke the baby's coming out but it's not you still have some time now you need to go to the hospital because the process has started but it doesn't mean the baby's coming out like within like a minute or five minutes like they're making the movies um but inducement is when you go past over week 40 but you still don't have natural contractions, you'll go to the hospital and then they'll give you like a drip. I forget what chemical it is, but it replicates the uh, the chemicals that are in your brain that helps to onset uh, contractions. contractions. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, like what does, what is week 40? That's just an arbitrary number, right? Like if you think of our like humans uh, before there was hospitals and stuff, I mean, babies could come at week 42, week 41, or week 40. So why do you get induced right at 40? Is because most of the times the, docs, the doctors will look at stats. And if it passes week 40, like a lot of people, the baby gets too big. So it has like, you'll have much more trouble passing it through your body. And Naturally. so, exactly. And so a lot of doctors, even in Korea, she was like, right at week, like, she was like, do you want to go into uh, getting induced at week 39? We're like, no, we'll wait. Uh, yeah, I wanted to wait as much as I could because, yeah, I wanted to get the natural contraction. I wanted to experience that. And one thing that's different was, because we have a friend who just gave birth in the States too. And of course, we like share information of like how it's different in the US and Korea. But in Korea, you can choose whether you want a C-section, uh, which apparently is not the case in the US, only if it's like medically diagnosed then you like there's a complication you can go into c-section but in korea a lot of people set or you can choose which one you want to do yeah Yeah. so actually the stats show that now there's increasingly more women opting for c-section rather than the natural vaginal birth i was looking at the doctor's board and they write like natural or they write c-section and it seemed to me almost like 60 40 to 70 30 like 70 percent being C-section. I was surprised too. 
it's not all due to medical reasons. It's just out of choice. A lot yeah. of them is just out of like preference, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of uh, younger Koreans now, I think. You know, there's a lot of like uncertainties or like unexpected things that could happen with vaginal birth. Like you have to wait and. You know, when the maybe like the contractions last for a really long time, you get tired out and then you end up doing like C-section, like which people call is like the worst case scenario because you feel all the pain of the vaginal birth, but then don't end up getting it. So like people have a lot of like fear about that. So they just rather go for like a quick. Yeah, that's what happened to my sister. My sister in the States got like, uh, she went into induced, um, uh, yeah, induced. What, what was induced that? labor. Yeah, she went to induced labor, but then at the last moment, they're like, "We're gonna, we have yeah, to like." She, it was lasting for that baby's heartbeat is going up too much, and yeah, been like um, having contractions for too long. So let's go do C-section. She was like, "No, <laughs> why mm. did I go through all this like yeah um, contraction period for?" But let's talk about our experience. So. Uh, yeah, so I went into the hospital. I started getting those drips, and then like uh, the nurses started to check like um, my dilation. And initially, I was like, I think when I went in, around two to three centimeter dilated. But then ultimately, you need to be dilated, like ten centimeter dilated to like get the baby out but then for me my progress initially was very slow almost to the point that i was like oh this drip is not working on me like i didn't feel any contraction for the first like four or five hours of getting the drip and i was like singing i'm like the doctor would come in and i'm like oh my god am i actually supposed to feel the contraction like can you actually feel it when it comes like i wasn't sure what the actual contraction meant and then so so for fellas like Basically, when you go in for induction, the process is first. You have, to, in order for the woman to deliver a baby, the cervix has to dilate to 10 centimeters. You take the drip, and then right when it reaches around five or six, yeah. they then push you into the emergency room because then it's the baby's going to come and, and you, you know, you're going to feel They're getting real pain. ready, yeah. But for us, when Katie went in, even like getting dilated to up to like, I think like five centimeters. You like we like you were saying we didn't feel anything. <laughs> you didn't feel. It. Yeah, I was getting dilated, but then I wasn't getting any pain. Yeah, you were feeling any pain. We were joking around, and so the doctor even came and she was like, "Oh, that's really strange that you're not feeling any pain." So she was like, "Usually, when it's like around four or five centimeter dilated, we would give um start giving epidurals." But then she's like, "Since you don't feel any pain." let's see further so we were like okay and as soon as she went away all of a sudden i started to feel this pain and i'm like oh this is what they mean like contraction i was like okay there's no question about it i am getting the contraction Uh, yeah (laughs) because before we were like is this a contraction is this a contraction (laughs) and then the doctor's like if you're asking me if that's a contraction it's not okay (laughs) just wait a little bit longer Remember that funny episode where like you were like, oh, my, yeah. oh, my stomach hurts. I was like, let's log it in the app. Yeah, like <laughs> we were using an app to like see if it's like a fake contraction or not. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we're kind of like doing it just to see. I wasn't really taking it seriously, but we were doing it. And then when the real contraction came, like 
like you know that it is like the contraction i couldn't even move or speak and all of a sudden danny was like where is that phone where's your phone let me log in your contraction <laughs> let me I mean, what's the point of logging the contraction now when I know that it's the real pain? It's like, <laughs> this is the real did. But then he keeps looking for my phone and I, it's like, I don't even have energy to reply to him. And then uh, like, somehow he found the phone. And then now he goes, where's the app? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to kill this guy right now. <laughs> and right, then, well, I, okay, first of all, we we were waiting in there for four to five hours and my you gave me a homework to log every time you <laughs> thought you had like one of these uh, fake ones. And so like my mind was in that mode and then you're like, oh, and I could see it. You're in real pain. So I was like, I better log this. But then you were like, what? what's the point what's of logging point? it? And I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. We're already at the <laughs> hospital. I don't know why we're logging this. Yeah. Um, but like she looked at me and she's like, don't ask me about the app. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, I was like, and after that, he became quiet. So I'm like, oh, my God, thank God. <laughs> yeah. And then from there. Um, yeah, from there onwards, like everything progressed really quickly like because now i was already five centimeter dilated i was getting the pain so then they asked me to move to a like a real room where like get where you can actually give birth but that part i feel like really kind of iffy about it because like the fact that they asked me to move to a different room when i'm having the contraction it was right after you had one they were like quickly move let's move yeah now. but like you you cannot move like i i'm sure the people who's experienced it i i couldn't move i couldn't even think of coming out of my bed mm -hmm. when i had the contraction but they're like wait until the contraction goes away during that short uh span of time you're gonna move <laughs> like oh my yeah, gosh that, that this is really hardcore no, but i think it's because your dilation went from nothing and then it started like you were dilating so quickly that it, you're kind of like exception. Like we need to move you now, right? Yeah. Whereas like if you went like every 15 minutes, it you dilated one centimeter like that, then they would have progressed you naturally. Yeah. But we were like all joking around, like cracking up and like, are we really going to give birth today? And like saying all this stuff. And then you're like, Ugh. and oh. then they're like, you got to go now. You're at like five now. Let's go now. Yeah. Right. But I think that part where I had to move, like walk towards a different room when I was having the contraction, it was like one of the most like painful parts. I see. Yeah. I see. Like, like coming out of the bed and walking and getting into that other bed. The Where you wait for your contractions and stuff is like a separate room. And then there's like the delivery room. Yeah, but I think in like the maybe Europe or other countries, they all do it in the same room. Uh, I see. Like they don't ask you to move. I see. I think it's just like not enough beds or space in, in Korea. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, once I moved to the actual delivery room, things progressed really quickly. I had my epidural, but then my epidural, I felt like it didn't really work on me because even after they put in the epidural, I still felt the pain. So I didn't really experience like no pain. I no. think maybe like 30% of the yeah. pain was gone, but I was still feeling like 70%. And then, and then soon I was like, like fully dilated so they asked me to push but then they were like okay now we are going to turn off the epidural because we need you to feel the contraction completely so you, you can know push when to push yeah 
So then, like from then on, like no epidural and just pushing, practicing pushing with the nurses. On I actually thought that the doctor would come like be there for longer, but the doctor actually comes in the really last minute, yeah. like when the actual pushing happens. Can I just say like wow, the team. Uh, like the delivery nurse team, that specialized team yeah. that like took care of you during like the like, Avengers. I, I call them the <laughs> Avengers. They like they're uh, amazing. Yeah, one of the nurse was like, "She's fully dilated, assemble!" <laughs> and then like all of us are from all these different rooms. Like this, like these women, like specialized nurses started coming. You had like six people in, and like, oh my god, my heart rate started going up. She's like, she's like, all right, uh, the husband stay out for a second, and then um. Oh my god! I'm already getting like my mouth is like losing saliva right now. I'm getting anxiety thinking about that. But uh, um, you want me to take over and explain from my perspective? Yeah, a because bit? all I was doing was basically lying down. I had my eyes closed the whole time yeah. and just like. So <laughs> after the Avengers assembled, uh, the head Avenger was like telling me, "Okay, step outside the room right now." And I was like, "Okay." And then she's like, "Okay, you, you know, you have to like get sanitized, whatever, put on the mask and the the." the face mask and whatever and and then our nurse our our head doctor who we've gone through this process with uh she showed up and she came down she's like i was getting so emotional but like i wasn't to the point where i was like about to tear up i'm sorry about to cry but my eyes were like tearing up and she looks at me and she's like hi and i'm like hi and she's like she's soft so soft, soft and calm so calm like so calm and she's like i forget exactly what she said but something like she oh. said you're nervous or she's something. She's like, she's like, oh, uh, you excited to see your daughter soon? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then she went in, and then when I went back into the room, now all of like the doctors, like that that blue cloth it was all draped over you now. And I was like, oh shoot, the show's about to start, right? The show. And um, the head nurse though was like, before okay, so our our doctor went in, but then the head adventure nurse she comes out, she looks at me. And she looks really strange. She's like, okay, listen to me. When you go into the room, do not look at your wife. Basically, don't look at the... The bottom. Yeah. Like she said, turn around, face the wall, and don't turn around. And I was like, okay, okay. Because my friend also, like, he was like, hey, are you going to watch? Are you going to watch uh, the baby coming out? And I, I don't like, think they would allow it at all. No, I mean it's up to you, but but basically, like my from the states, they're like he was like, yeah, one of my friends like, yeah, man, it's like the miracle birth, man, it's like <laughs> crazy, man, like you can look at it, it's like crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember he kept saying that, so I was like, maybe I'll do it. But I don't know. I didn't really have one strong opinion about it, or like I don't care not to watch. But since he kept saying like it's amazing, man, I was like, okay, maybe I had this plan. Maybe I'll like peek and. And watch, but then, but then when that nurse was like, "Don't turn around," and then I came into the room, and she's like, "Okay, look at the wall, look at the wall, look at the wall, look at the wall, look at the wall," and I was like a drill sergeant, and so like, <laughs> so like I like, you know, I basically like duck walked like with my face like one centimeter from the wall, like <laughs> to where you are positioned, like next to me, next to you, and where I can't see. Now thinking back on, it, I think it was good because uh, there's no need to see. It's pretty gory, so. I was like happy that they instructed me but then once that happened like uh, everything happened so quickly they were like okay almost like instant in my memory yeah and i was trying to tell the nurse like hey like i don't think my my wife knows exactly like 
how to breathe in and hold can you like practice with there and they you did a few practice rounds yeah because like pushing was really difficult and they were saying like i don't have enough strength and it seems like i wasn't really getting it yeah and so after you did a few practice rounds now like the baby was locked into position to go and then oh my gosh that that drill sergeant the head adventure all of a sudden <laughs> like she's like okay kamnida like which means we're going and like she like kind of like half okay i don't want to exaggerate here i want to like in my mind she like jumped onto your belly like a cheetah but in reality <laughs> it was more like she kind of propped herself up so that she can put um her weight onto your stomach and kind of pushed your stomach down to like help facilitate the facilitate the baby out now in the states i guess that's never done but in korea that's like the de facto yeah and then like what like like okay she did that and i was like oh, wow and then all the other <laughs> nurses were looking the doctor the chill do- doctor was like you're doing well don't worry she's saying one last time one last push it's almost there yeah and then and then i just see the head adventure like scrunching your stomach and then like when she took it off in between the contractions your stomach looked like a bear had gone through it like there was like a bear mark like a bear hand mark it was like bloody not bloody but like um, all bruised bruised marks right and i was like oh my god this is crazy (laughs) but korea that thing is amazing like i give them the highest praise because that baby was out in like five minutes (laughs) like literally five minutes and i like being with katie like katie's like very soft soft spoken and very like soft around the edges so like You'll never know, but Katie is like, has true strength. Like during this whole pregnancy, like giving birth, she never yelled once. She never even like, you never, your voice never even went up. You just like. I just like. You just scrunched and just. uh, I was just holding it internally. That was the extent. That was the extent. And during the whole, even when the baby was coming out, just. uh, That's it. And I was like oh my god your tolerance for pain is like completely different from what you give off like appearance wise yeah like you don't look like a tough person but i saw your true strength there and i was like i think you're really grateful that i didn't pull out your hair basically <laughs> that's what you're saying <laughs> um yeah. it's different from the movies like reality no but is honestly much like in that respect, I'm really happy that I went through the process and have my own like experience to share because before that I had so much fear about giving birth, the oh. actual process, and I was looking up online and I was like, like even like in the you know movies they like go crazy, women like yeah. yell and like they like pull out like the men's hair and everything and i was like so scared oh my god that's gonna happen to me like i'm gonna turn into a monster and i'm so scared to see myself doing that but like i don't know i guess it's different for every woman and for me like yeah that's what happened like i just going through the pain more like internally holding it to myself i think you pushed really well but also the nurses, they knew exactly where to like facilitate like the yeah. way to push that baby out and lock her into position and go because they deliver so many babies and every day, every day, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. the hospital we go to has the second highest delivery rate in all of Korea. Yeah. So that Avengers team is like just pushing out babies yeah, all day, every day. I had so right? much appreciation. Wow, for the, just the nurses. The just, nurses there amazing, actually after amazing. going through the experience. Amazing. I was like, 
So when the baby comes out, like they give the opportunity for the dad to cut the umbilical cord, of course. And from then on, everything I I'm just a little bit sad that things was just progressed too quickly. Like gave birth, I saw the baby for one second, and then the baby was gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they oh, took away our baby. Oh, it was so junction up. So it was so chaotic for me too, because they were like, "Okay, the baby's out," and then one of the other. Uh, the other nurses was like, "Dad, what are you doing? Are you not going to take a picture of this beautiful moment?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, right, 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 right." And then as soon as I'm reaching for the phone, they're like, "Okay, Dad, now you're going to cut the umbilical cord." I was like, "Wait, oh!" So I cut the umbilical yeah, cord. Yeah, it was so fast. And then they're like, "Okay, now we're now gonna put the baby on the mom's chest and oh, yeah, take yeah. another photo." Yeah, now and then now we're going to take the baby away for venti- not ventilation, but like checkups. Yeah, and like to warm her up. Yeah, basically. yeah, and then and then yeah. Even before that, she's like, "Okay, uh, Dad, I want you to make sure that uh, we're gonna." Okay, look, she has two ears. Okay, there's nothing abnormal. There's nothing this this. Uh, okay, now and then. Uh, and when uh, all this is going on, the doctor is like doing the after stitches. Oh yeah, she's already stitching you up, and then <laughs> and then they're like, she's like, "Oh, it was great. Oh, it was great. You did a great job." Yeah, yeah. And then everybody's gone. Yeah, everyone's gone. <laughs> And I was like, "Where's Super our?" Quick. And I was like, "Where's our baby?" <laughs> <laughs> She's in the um, the shinsengashil or the the newborn care. Yeah. Um, but thank you, thank you, our doctor. Thank you to that nursing team. Thank you, Katie. Uh, we had a healthy daughter. Um, she came yeah. in at three point four three kilos. And uh, fifty centimeters. And the funny thing was, like, when our baby was born, she didn't cry. She was struggling to cry, and so I still remember Katie was like, "How come our baby's not crying?" That's the first thing I said. Yeah, because I got so scared because yeah. I wasn't because like before that, you know, when we were in the waiting room, yeah. waiting for the contraction, I would like hear screams of other women <laughs> giving birth, and then immediately after, like, I would see the, the baby cry, like, yeah, super loud and sh- shrieky, and I'm like, okay, and I was kind of expecting that. Right. so our baby like i saw the baby like of course and then she was like trying to cry but i think she had so much like the placenta fluid in her lungs so they used like one of the air pi- pump pi- kind of pipettes thing. and then they pulled out the fluid from her lungs and then she started to like but still it was so weak it was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so the kitty was like come on <laughs> like louder um but yeah. uh but anyway and so from there I, I thought like, wow, our baby, she's not going to cry a lot. <laughs> but little did I know. Yeah, she, yeah, she definitely yeah. cries a lot. Yeah. So surreal. It's I think like you were at a loss for so words. Unforgettable. I think you were for loss of words. You saw the baby and like. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I saw, the fa- I saw the baby for the first time. I couldn't actually see the baby too because I just feel like, oh my gosh, this is. You were crying so much so too. unreal and. I couldn't really look straight. I don't know why. It was just too much. It was just too overwhelming. And yeah. this little tiny creature, like, here now. And that's kind of lost for words. And Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I was telling Katie during the whole, like, pregnancy that, like, I feel like women's bodies are, like, much more complex because, of course, they have to go through the child labor and birth and like just women's bodies are amazing like like i read a book um by bryson ah, i forget the, the Bill bryson name. yeah just about the body and like how it changes through preg- pregnancy and like just women's bodies are fascinating 
like <laughs> i mean there's so many like details but um yeah just the amount of changes it goes through and then prepares to like to give um produce milk and guys bodies are pretty pretty simple so i was like telling katie like women's bodies are like like porsches and like guys bodies are like just a, a honda <laughs> yeah so treat the women well and like women need to be like protected and like yeah cared for because uh yeah they're they they take the humanity forward quickly so yeah. after you give birth then uh you're allowed to recover in the hospital for about typically about two days was it two or three days three two, days two nights three days yeah and if you have c-section like i think two two days longer yeah and then the the norm in korea is to go to sanu uh, 41 sanu 41 translates to postpartum care center and i think oh there's even like a netflix like drama around it around the yeah, culture and stuff. but i feel like it's a little bit different a lot of the things they do in the show in the drama it was like very exaggerated i realized the culture has changed after covid because long time ago they used to do a lot of group activities together for all the women who just gave birth and yeah. you get to like eat together do activities um but now it's like all one-on-one like all women should be in their own rooms because yeah. of spread of like and contagion of still COVID. we had to wear masks oh yeah so i ha- i was wearing masks the whole time of giving birth too oh yeah that yeah. was a bit brutal i yeah. thought too yeah. <laughs> when we were in the hospital so after giving birth they take the baby away in a separate like a care room and you basically have to go pick up your baby to see to take her to your room for like limited hours mm. and then return her back yeah. to that special room yeah. and during that time too you have to be wearing masks so i was kind of thinking oh our baby like hasn't seen our face <laughs> she's just gonna think that we look like this with this black masks on <laughs> <laughs> yeah she'll be like start crying when she sees our real faces yeah but they can't even see anything anyway oh i, I forgot what i was gonna say but um yeah like in korea when you give birth even even if you don't go to the postpartum care center the norm is that they have a shinsengashil, the newborn center, and they will like um, take care of them while the mom rests uh, for those two or three days. Just like they will feed the baby, and, and they'll stuff. give them formula right away. Yeah, um, and we have a lot to say about it because we have, we were so like caught off guard. Yeah, like <laughs> I think in the states it's pretty uh, the norm that like actually I don't know. I, yeah, because you go home after two days, but during those two days, I wonder at the hospital if they give the baby formula or they give breast milk right away. I'm not sure. No, yeah. The the thing is, like, I didn't really know much about, like, what goes on after yeah, once you knew. give birth, yeah. like, the, how it operates in the hospital. Like, also, they never explain to you, and it just happened. So I was so kind of caught off guard and, like, kind of angry like at the end but basically they don't really help you to breastfeed the baby that's up to you because some people want a formula feed and some people want to breastfeed so if you don't say anything at the infant the newborn center they'll just keep feeding it formula and and i thought that's like just the way it is but it is the way it is in korea 
Yeah, but then like. Oh, you didn't know that you could do an alternative way. Yeah, I think it was just like I just gave birth and like I don't really know what's going on. It's my first child. Yeah. Then like two, and then afterwards I'm like trying to breastfeed her, but there's no milk coming out. Yeah, and, and then like it's not really working, and like I just realized I didn't even get to like try to breastfeed her yeah. the first like day or second day. I'm like. Oh my god! What just happened? Like, what's going on? Something is going significantly wrong. But I don't know. I'm I'm like so lost, and remember feeling so like sad and confused. They didn't even tell you that they they that they had like a a breast pump there that you could use. Uh, it was only like after a few days. Yeah. That our at the uh, postnatal care center the because. We went to the one that's connected to our hospital, and a person from there was like, "Okay, you're gonna come into our hospital soon, or our, our our postnatal care center soon. So here's this breast pump, and you should start now, right? Pumping." Uh, but then, like, barely anything came out, which is like kind of normal. But like, I think during those two three days when you were in the hospital and not at the natal care center, like in our minds, an alternative way was that, like, I you should give try the, to you should try to just. Uh, a breastfeed the baby immediately, but right. uh, yeah but i didn't do that yeah, we and didn't i didn't even know that i should be doing that <laughs> and so you kind of fell into thinking about that that you missed out on that and because i really struggled afterwards like the for the like throughout like the whole time i was at the natal postnatal care i was struggling to breastfeed her a because like our baby couldn't latch properly and also B, because my milk supply was really low. But uh, the latching part is something I could have tried from day one. But it didn't. I didn't do that. And I was like feeling so bitter about it. And then Katie went into like a kind of a dark space and then like kind of had a mental breakdown. And like, because <laughs> <laughs> normally at the postnatal care center, you're there for two weeks. And like every time I'm on like Instagram, like they're like, oh my God, Korea is amazing because like at the postnatal care center, all you they do everything do, they to do everything you. for you. But that was completely different from our experience. Um, I mean, th the problem was that they do everything for you. Yeah. So that was the problem. So they were like, yeah, we will give formula to the baby so you don't have to do anything. Yeah. And, but that's not what I wanted. That's see, that's what's interesting. It's like, I think if you if, if we have a second child and you go to a hundred twenty, I probably won't even go. Maybe I will go for a shorter time. Yeah, maybe like one week. You'll appreciate it then. But for for but giving like our personalities of like wanting to know and like hunger to like learn how to take care of our baby, it was like a concierge. They'll just take the baby and then they'll. They're like, okay, you want to see see her now? Okay, they'll change the baby. Like you're learning nothing, and like they'll feed it, and she'll come back full. And then it's like kind of like artificial. Yeah, and, and so I just felt so like felt like something's wrong because this is my baby. I should be like caring for her twenty four seven next to me, but but then they these late the the center is keep saying they'll take care of the baby. So I'm like. I feel so confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by by after seven days, Katie calls me and she's like, "Yeah, I had a oh, breakdown. I want to get out of here. Forget this." Yeah, I really. We we were booked for two weeks, and I really at that moment, I was like, "Forget about the money. I, I don't care about like filling up the entire two weeks. I just want to go home with the baby." Yeah, yeah. And so then we kind of like 
talked with uh, the person there about like our our worries and our like, needs and our, our expectation to. that like we came in here like actually wanting to get educated and try ourselves on how to take care of the baby and not and breastfeed the baby yeah and then she was and so we like asked her like what's the point of coming here like why do some why do most people come here their philosophy is that the mother should recover first yeah, priorities so, on the mother yeah but said. for us we want a priority on the baby her being breastfed because priority on the baby means i think like leads to priority for me too gotta talk louder it's like breaking yeah yeah so yeah so long story short i i think we and also she explained that the culture kind of changed so like now less and less women want to breastfeed the baby yeah. in the Sanu Joriwon. So yeah. most women want to actually just turn to formulas and they actually come to Sanu Joriwon to, um, to wean off the milk, basically, tanyu. So I think they give a, help a lot of women like stop producing milk by the, so that she like doesn't produce any milk by the time she leaves the care center. Oh, really? Yeah. So that because you know if you if you're producing milk and like you're not really feeding the baby, it leads to a lot of pain and yeah, right, right. There's right, a right. I think medical term for that. So and like a lot of these women like have to go back to work like pretty quickly soon after. So they they don't want to be keep producing milk and having to deal deal with the aftermath. So she said the culture changed. So I think. For her too, like she probably thought that we are like kind of in the similar line of thinking. Yeah. She, she like we told her like our philosophy of like wanting to like go hundred percent breastfeeding, yeah. And like we wanted to practice, and because you know like my parents are living in the states, and Katie's parents live in Busan, and so like we have to do this ourselves. So we want to like practice run here and do most of the things that we can do that we're going to need to do at home. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, you're in the minority. Like a lot of yeah. people come with that mindset. So if that's how you want to run it, we'll let you run it. But then <laughs> once we started doing it like that, the so baby tiring. was so tired. The baby like won't the baby stop crying. Is crying. I'm latch. crying. Katie's crying. No milk is coming out. She's hungry. No, and she's then the, the latching was so difficult. Mm. And so like weak. my nipples were all like bleeding and bruised. But then you have, they're like, you have to keep, keep it, um, keep feeding the baby every two, three hours, like regardless. So I'm like, my nipples like almost about to disappear. And <laughs> like, I just like, was so painful. And I'm, yeah, yeah, it was just a really difficult time, and yeah. yeah. But I think most people struggle with breastfeeding. It's just like we, like when you're pregnant, or like I mean, if you have like other older siblings that have gone through it, like I think it's different because like it's like my sister, and plus I live in a different country, so I didn't hear too much about it. My sister would say it, but like it would go through one ear and out the other for me because I'm a guy too, like, and I like don't have yeah. any kids, but like. Most people really struggle with breastfeeding and that's why there is like a lactation profession yeah. because like it's that hard yeah. and all babies are different. But I think we were so naive about not knowing the hardship that's just around the corner and yeah. thinking like in the movies, like the baby would just, oh, there's a nipple. Yeah. And then just the, suck the, for three honestly, hours Honestly, I was so naive about it because mm. the only thing that was concerning me at the time was giving birth. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so I really had no idea how hard it is and then like, 
like every woman's nipple looks different mm. so i think like baby kind of found it hard to like latch on my nipple and then the lactation consultant there was like giving me this um nipple shield to try on first so that the baby can get more used to it but then like even with that i start i was getting like bruises and scars and bleed bleeding i baby ate a lot of blood and then <laughs> if you go on youtube they're like oh yeah if you use that if you use that shield then of course there's no contact between the baby's yeah. mouth and so now no more milk like less milk has come out and then or we like, go and tell the the that lactation parents is like no don't listen to youtube and it's like conflicting yeah, advice so everywhere many conflicting information and yeah. i don't know and then i'm not i'm now using this uh nipple guard but I'm like in my mind how long do I have to keep using it like if I have to keep using this nipple guard to feed my baby I just feel like I'm cyborg. not a human yeah I feel like a cyborg so I started to feel so like low and sad again <laughs> and but yeah but long um but but I guess long we'll, we'll story short, I'm not using the uh, nipple guard anymore so yeah, now, success to that <laughs> yeah now you're successfully breastfeeding but I guess to everyone who's going to go through it. At the it, it beginning take, it was so overwhelming. Guys, it takes time. It just takes time. And you just got to go through go through with it. Yeah, and then for husbands, yeah, just like, just comfort your wives and just let them know it gets better. Like, yeah. But the thing is, that's what people told me too. It's going to get better, but <laughs> when you're in it, you're Yeah, like, I'm like, when I, I, I don't see you, this you, getting better. So yeah. I'm like, well, oh my gosh. Yeah, so now after we finish two weeks, People will come home. It's the norm in Korea for um, for the wife's mother uh, to come and stay. Either that, or you go. To, you pack all your belongings and then you just go to your mom's house. Go to your parents' house. Yeah, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about about this this culture. I think it's pretty common in most a- Asian countries. Like it's not only Korea; it's like China as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Like when you have a baby, like the the mom will come and stay with the with their daughters. Yeah, your mom stayed with us for about two yeah, weeks. Yeah, she was her role was basically to feed me. <laughs> yeah, like cookie and, and like recover so that like and I also can doing a lot of night shifts too. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, so, that helped so much though. That was so ha- funny because your mom like before before like she came up, she was like so confident about her skills. Like she's like, there's nothing hard about raising yeah. a baby. I mean, come on. It's so easy. It's like almost like with this arrogant, like, come on, guys. Like, there's nothing She hard. was kind of like, yeah. Like, because on the phone, kind of I was like, um, I was kind of crying a lot. And I was like, oh, it's so difficult with the baby. I'm having trouble with feeding her. And also like, yeah, I was telling her too at night, like, I, I send her off to the <laughs> nurse, like the care center people so that they can take care of the baby at night and I can sleep like kind of comfortably. My mom was like, why are you doing that? You're doing you sh- it the wrong way. It's yeah, not like that. You should be, you should, and just let her cry. If she cries, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Babies, it's going to be better for her to cry. <laughs> it's like what Mike Tyson said or who some famous box said. Everyone has a plan until they get hit in the face. So your mom came, and then she got hit in the face by Sora. <laughs> That's so the true. realities of Sora. <laughs> oh my God! Is that my, a baby cry? Yeah, baby challenged okay, my mom. One second, guys. Togina, bring Sora here. 
Okay, Katie. Hello. Brought... I wish you can show you on camera, but oh. <laughs> this, hey, this Sara. is just audio. Sara, can you give us? Uh, can uh, you say hi? Can you say hi to the people? Hi. <laughs> Hello. Did you sleep well? <laughs> she just had body the back. Here, give it, give her to me. What are you hungry? Sara, that's a beautiful cry you have, sweetie. I think you can be a Korean Celine Dion. Sara, what do you want to say to the people? Alright, neighbors, and we're back. A few hours later. <laughs> a few hours, more like five hours later. <laughs> um, Finally put the baby to sleep. Yeah, let's let's continue where we stopped. Uh, I was talking about the pros and cons, about the, the value or the tradition of having uh, the mother. Mother, the, mother-in-law? Yeah, well, to me, it's my mother-in-law. Um, that's the tradition in Korea, China, Japan, I believe. What about in the U.S.? I don't think so. I think the U.S. Yeah, I think it depends on your living situation. Like in Korea, it's like it's like ingrained in culture, right? Like it's expected, um, right? So that's the I think that's the thing. Yeah, um, traditionally, yeah. But I was thinking about in the shower, and I think like I don't think it's like even worth discussing pros and cons. No, I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I think, think it's all pros, but like, it's just that okay. So actually, if I break this down. Can like, just share our experience. Yeah, you like, keep coming in and out, so you got to put the mic closer. Yeah, when your mom is here, she does a lot of the heavy lifting. Does uh, all the like prepping the meals? No, not um, so much about the meals, because I, I mean, meal. Okay, that is a big part, but I mean, like, she uh, did a lot of heavy lifting for me and as well as for you. Yeah. If my mom wasn't here, I don't think you would have been able to work at all. Yeah, that's true. I'm coming from more of the angle that I think like there's this kind of bond that a couple gets stronger through like hardship in that culture where the mom comes and helps and does too much. It's like you kind of lose the opportunity to do hard things together. Okay, it's not like the baby stops growing after, you know, like one month. Of course, there's hard things to come, but I feel like the beginning, like when they're like the first months is like the hardest. And when like the husband and the wife together like is up all night and doing it there's this kind of sense of accomplishment and this sense of bonding over how hard it is and also you get that like very deep connection with that and i'm not saying that i didn't get that but i'm saying there are cases we were still struggling even with my mom here <laughs> yeah but do you understand what i'm saying like there's a difference in a family let's say for example who took a boat out and then let's say they're something something terrible happened and the mast broke. They were out at sea for a month together. That hardship like really bonds that like that family because of that hardship. And I feel like that's kind of where I'm coming from. Whereas like, like again, I'm not really talking about our case because our case is unique in the fact that I'm home. She did, yeah, I'm and home. she didn't even stay that long. She only stayed for two weeks. Yeah, I know. That's Again, that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about our our case specifically because it's not my case my situation but i'm like kind of projecting like i hear about 
women who like go down to their um, hometown or go back home, and then the husband just works. And I feel like that's a big mistake because uh, the husbands, um, by not going through that hardship, it has kind of less like edgeung towards their kids, starting from an early, early. Um, yeah, but I, I, but realistically, if the husband is, has a, like a nine to five job and he can't really take days off. Like during the daytime, though, the mother is all alone in her house. That's why they usually like just pack all their stuff immediately after leaving the hospital and just like go into their mom's house and yeah. just live there for months. And then the husband will like, maybe if the situation allows, he will like come like after work to the mother-in-law's house to yeah. see the kid and then go back home and sleep yeah. or like just come visit the house on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. No, I, th that's why I'm really cognizant that the fact that, you know, I can work from home and in that case, that value is not there. But like, I'm not, I'm not, sorry, it's not the value is not there, but like, it's a, it's a luxury that I have the time to spend the time, early time with the kids and stuff. But in my mind, I still think that like, there's a healthy balance to that. Like, if the yeah. mother in law is, but Sometimes I, I, I haven't seen this documentary uh, like in China that the mother-in-law came up for three months. But that's way too long. <laughs> Jesus Christ, for three months? But yeah. uh, but for me, like I want to come from a different point of view because for me, like actually before like giving birth, uh -huh. like I was imagining like, you know, the first month or oh, the time like we have with the baby and I was like, kind of in my mind, it was like, a, how now I know how naive my thinking was because, you know, we bought that crib. Mm. In my mind, like, I thought I put the baby to sleep. The baby will sleep there, like, beautifully. And, like, <laughs> you know, I was so happy with that crib because like, that crib, you can attach it to the bed. And, like, <laughs> like when the baby kind of like, fidgets, I can just reach out my arm and just, like, <laughs> you know, tap her on her chest, like, kind of that picture-perfect beautiful like ideal scenario mm. but oh boy the reality is like like you have to flip the baby <laughs> put the baby well, like not only flip it but you have to like like the baby will never sleep like you have to comfort it back to sleep so like just because minutes. you tell her to sleep right exactly, exactly. and even when she's sleeping like she'll wake up a few times and like fidgets and it's like a like a battle to put her to bed and it's so intense to like raise a newborn baby especially the first month it was so overwhelming so intense like it we is, could we can intense. barely sleep and literally the first month our baby didn't sleep at night yeah. she would only sleep when you're holding her so like i would doze off sleeping like while i'm holding her and the moment you put her on a flat surface she's like cry yeah, and so the fact that your mom was here was like it's it was like, like invaluable. I'm really yeah, it's it was, very it invaluable. Inval invaluable, like you can like so much. She was so much help, and like I had so much gratitude. I mean, for it was her. difficult even for my mom too. Remember, yeah. we were actually talking about that. Yeah, <laughs> how she was so confident that like she can. Like, she was so confident that it was almost condescending when we had like 
like questions about it like why that's nothing that's nothing and then like she one weekend she was like you know what she feels defeated and she She's has like, to I go i want to go back home for a little bit yeah and she <laughs> had to take like a break and then come back again <laughs> yeah yeah and then like coming back because uh i don't want our viewers to think like that i like think that it's all negative that i'm just talking about like the the cons is maybe like 10 percent. the big 90 percent pro which i think is like just overrules everything is like the fact that the grandmother and your mom and my mother-in-law gets to spend time with the newborn and grow a sense of fondness and attachment to yeah. the baby that is like the most important thing ever i think it's one thing if your mom was like away in Busan and just like seeing pictures and videos like yeah. you don't grow a sense of like it's so different it's so different so just for that like if there are other guys or girls listening i think that culture in korea where the mother-in-law does come i think that's invaluable now my only thing is i would keep it to like two weeks <laughs> no i understand it's like if we- For me, it's gonna be. It has to be difficult for you. I mean, it's the same thing if your parents stayed with us for like some time, yeah. like indefinitely, or I don't know, like even a month. Like in this tiny Korean apartment, it's yeah. like difficult because we have no private space. Like, yeah. yeah, you have no place to have a personal space, and it's like you have to be there. With them seeing their face like twenty four seven, it's like all, difficult. Like of course, it's get, difficult. No resting time. I have to yeah. work, and I'm off work, and I want to rest. Yeah, it's really tough. Watching TV, so I'm yeah. staying in my room and, yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah, and so, I understand. Yeah, yeah. But beyond my discomfort, I hope you understand my point, which is where I really want to say is like the con is that like if you just like you are upset at the twenty one at the postnatal center because they're doing everything for you. Yeah. that's this is my version of what i'm saying it's like when i'm at home i want to go through the hard thing together and go through the hardship because then we like you know we bond more together and we have like the sense of like wow yeah. this is our baby and we're like wow one month has passed whereas like if you were gone for let's say your mom's place and then and then you came back up and now she's like a hundred days old there what does 100 days old mean it means nothing to me it's just like whatever like okay wow like You know what I mean? But I think that's de- my point. I think it depends on like the person yeah, and your situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big. You want it to be very involved, right? You are the character who wanted to be very involved from the get go on the on the yeah. pa- raising the baby and stuff. But yeah. I don't think not all guys are like that. And also, I think the biggest limiting factor, like you mentioned already, is your job. So, like, if you're working at home or you have the luxury to work at home. Then you have the option to like be involved early, but if you're like, let's say you have you, you're a nurse or something, you have to be at the hospital or you have to be at site, then that this is not an option, right? I'm cognizant of that, but I'm just saying like I really believe and I, I say so much on this podcast that you should lead into hard things. It and, was definitely it was hard tough. enough. It was tough. Hard enough. Yes. It was tough. Yeah. It was extremely tough. Just the fact that you can't really sleep. And like every two hours, I almost like almost my memory of the first month is like blurred now because it was so tough and we were barely getting any sleep. But yeah, Yeah. but also I also want to say like before, like oh, kind of like up till like I was giving birth, like my relationship with my mom was kind of like up and down and 
I wasn't really sure how like the interaction of my mom and the baby would be like. I couldn't really imagine. But then like the moment my mom saw Sora, like she was melting and so it was kind of like yeah, the love that she showed for my baby is kind of like really really beautiful and it just really melted my heart and almost I see I saw a different side in her like this really loving yeah tender side like that I'm sure she showed to me when I was young but you know as you get older it's like less and less and like my mom is like a person who shows love through action not necessarily through words yeah like she would like make all these meals for me and like like you know she would tell me like not to do heavy lifting like because like my body is so weak and i need to recover and she's like i'll take care of the baby at night so like just sleep through the night like just don't don't bother with it and all these like like sacrifices like through action that's how she shows love and i really felt that a lot yeah yeah so that was like kind of really beautiful and also i was like really happy to see that and just how much how much love she can show to this my daughter it's not even her daughter in some way like my daughter but i just get amazed and it's really like beautiful and i'm really really happy to see that side of her and yeah, like even she was away for like a few weeks and she she came back up. Mm. She's like, the first thing she wants to do is see Sora. Yeah, she's like, like wake her up. Let me oh, see her. Like, I don't care about you. you I don't care about Daniel. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I want to see baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy that then yeah. that, that those two weeks were really meaningful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, guys. Well, then I you heard from Katie, which is the the main character <laughs> main character then yeah, and one thing you it. said one thing you said kind of like like uh, resonates with me is when we were growing up we were the main character oh. so we never got to see ourselves through like outside eyes but now we have our baby who is the main character we get to see kind of like relieve that time mm-hmm. like not as the main character, but now from like walking in. Mm. So, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, like I feel like now we're going on to the sentimental lane, and if we're going down that road, <laughs> I remember when I was talking to you when we we're first dating that um, I have a strong belief that you know not everyone has a, a equal starting line. We don't choose our parents. We don't choose our social economic class that we're born into. We don't choose our environment, our hangyong, we don't choose this. But especially if you grow up in a family that has had so much turbulence and your relationship with your siblings or your parents are not good, I always said, like, let's stay hopeful because uh, you have the opportunity to have your own family. Didn't you remember? Yeah. We always said that. Yeah. And I always said stay hopeful and stay positive because uh, we can create our own family. And like, I'm so happy that that happened. And like, I'm so happy when I see you interact with Sora. Why? Because I think you're gonna be such a fun dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I, and it's like really beautiful. I think. 
I don't know if I like mentioned it earlier, but I hope everyone has the opportunity to to have their own child and yeah, it's like it's the most beautiful thing. Like I I think it's it's going to be the most special thing ever. No like achievement in academics or in business or or sports or any competition has come even close. Achievement in those areas is just like a a recognition whereas this is a living thing and uh it's like the it's a living thing it's a living thing and i feel like it's the most natural close to natural thing that yeah. you can do like i feel like nowadays with all this technology like all this like um ah, i see what you're saying everything yeah. i've like we're kind of a cyborg yeah. and I feel like for the first time, this experience of giving birth, like, I don't need any any technology. It's, like, nothing to do with this, like, this, like, tech space or AI or anything. Like, kind of, yeah, very, very natural. Mm. You know, one thing that I, I do kind of think about, I was talking with my friends also, was that when I was younger... I just thought that getting married and having kids uh, was a given, that it just happens to everyone. And as I get older, especially my generation, I feel like getting married and also having kids is something that you really need to... It's almost like a... Um, it's like, like you, a gift, I think. No, no I don't want to say it's a gift because that means like it feels like you are just awarded something i want to say the reverse that you have to have intent it doesn't just come to everybody in order for you to have a kid well actually with a loving partner then you have to find a partner first and is that her baby yeah oh my gosh Let me put her. yeah i think her password dropped out but wow katie's gone if you want to find a partner in today's kind of like modern world you need to have a or at least from a guy's perspective, you need to have a good job, you need to have the ability to provide, you need to have et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's not as easy as a long time ago where people would just get married very quickly and then like having kids was, you know, it's not a generation where we're having popping out like eight to 10 kids, like our parents or grandparents, well, actually not our parents, but our grandparents' generation. And so, um, and like in Korea, you see the, what the birth rate is, right? They're uh, disappearing. Yeah, it's almost like a, it's 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 getting rarer. It's like a it's, it's not only is it getting disaster. rarer to get married, but to have kids is like in Korea. It's like I want to say it's almost like a signaling, like um, yeah. I don't, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's not like like if I look at all the people around me that are my age, not everyone has kids, not everyone is even married either, right? Whereas, like, if you ask my uncles in their age, most of them, like, it was just a given that once you pass this age, yeah, you'll just get married and have having kids is nothing well, you, that at that time they don't even question whether to get married or whether to have kids. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's a given, like it's so entrenched in thought. Whereas now it's like I want to get married and I want kids, and I guess yeah, now I'm having a little bit more clarity. It's like if you don't have that in mind, you're not going to just end up with kids. If you just go with the flow. Exactly. If you just go in the flow with life, you're not going to get married because uh, you have to be focused. You have to have a career. You have to be provide because women's expectation much higher because women's level of education. Now, I think more women 
are like college educated than men. So yeah. their expectation for a partner is much higher. And so if you're just, oh, yeah, whatever, cool, man, yeah, cool, 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 dicking around till you're like mid-30s, you're not going to get married. You're not going to have kids. Like I always wanted to have, like get married early and have kids. Like I've always been like looking forward to that. And it's met my expectation of like what I expected it to be. It's much more than that. And so like, now having gone through this to like young people who listen it's like out of social media and like all these people are like oh don't get married marriage is like whatever whatever we have a lot of like crazy messaging out there that's all bullshit like in my mind everyone should try to find uh, love and get married and also have kids in that marriage it's it's tremendously like rewarding i'm more in the other camp i'm more in the I used to feel much more strongly about like that you don't have to get married and you don't have to have kids, especially in this century, <laughs> because it's like a choice you can make. And there's so many different types of ways of living. It's not just one size fits all. And yeah, if you see value in like doing something else or living alone or like pursuing your career for, and sacrificing like yeah yeah in something else then yeah good for you like i i think you should do what you want to be doing rather than like going by what the society like uh set the set the convention for yeah that makes sense but if you're on the fence but if but, you're on the fence but now but now having like gone through both well, not finished going through, but like I'm in the your like, mother now. Yeah, I'm in the process. Feel like it's worth trying. Like my view kind of edged towards more like more. I was more like in the other camp, but then I'm like, oh, but I wish you could try because like there's a lot of good things. Let's but break I it think down. it's why why were you so like hesitant? But I think it? it's important the way I say it is because it's really it's based on this assumption that you found the right partner, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's because true. sometimes like you know, there's a lot of divorced couples too. Mm. And like especially if you are divorced but have kids, like oh, yeah. it gets even more complicated. So it's everything the everything I think that's a really based on the point. assumption that you found your right partner and you guys are very compatible. It's not something that's rushed or you didn't feel hundred percent certain about it, but you just went ahead and things happened. So if you found the right partner, you yeah. would definitely recommend just Yeah, but most likely if you know that you found the right partner, I think you would like wanna have like marry and like have kids right i don't know like with like business related stuff and like achieving and, and that kind of aspect there's always this like hungry feeling like what's more yeah like like if i did this if i sold this i gotta double up now i gotta do a business that's twice as big or like let's increase revenue by this much or oh that person this oh i want to oh i want to sell this business or like yeah, Always you're never like 100% satisfied. Exactly. That's the perfect, like, it's, you're never full, right? Yeah. But somehow in my life, for the first time, I'm metaphorically full. Oh. 
I'm not. I'm not completely. And our four. baby is only two months old. <laughs> well, I'm not completely full in the sense that my life is now fulfilled and I could just die. You know when you're like really hungry and you can't think of anything and you you get really hangry. Yeah. I'm to the point where like even after having the baby, after having like or becoming a father, I'm like, I think I'm like half full. I don't think about being hungry. I feel like in my heart, there's so much things I do want to do, but the, the becoming a father. Has provided this base foundation of meaning to my life, like a base layer. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like fifty yeah. percent, and so like I don't have this like urge to like, or this like anxiety to like figure out life or like what does this mean? Why am I here? I have a sense of purpose and fulfillment, and so that to me, I really realized that. Like even if I died tomorrow, I know that Sora still continues, like who I am. And like I at least was able to impact the earth through Sora, and like how <laughs> and to me that's like that's what I'm saying. It's like it's yeah. I feel a sense of fulfillment through it, and so I feel a similar way. Yeah. But at the same time, I uh, I think my mind got so much more complicated after having Sora, because I'm thinking, how should I be living this life now? <laughs> Yes. Much more than before, you know. Oh, I see. Tiger Because <laughs> no, not like that. But yeah, like, just joking. Yeah, like you know, I want to be a proud mom. Yeah. Like I want to live life in a more like meaningful way. Because you want to set a good example to. Yeah, me. yeah. So like now, like at night, I'm think, like I'm like keep questioning. I don't know how to say it in English, but like. 앞으로 어떻게 살아야 될지? Yeah, like how should I live so I could be a like a yeah, great example in a to better Sarah. way. Yeah. yeah, I keep like asking myself that question. It's good. Yeah. I guess this is like these are the experiences of becoming a parent and the thoughts, the natural thoughts, and so I guess it motivates you to become a better person. Yeah. Just naturally. That's why I want to push all. Of my friends who are like on the fence about having children, like you should, and have it early. They require a lot of energy, but they give you the sense of like fulfillment. But I don't know, like you, like you were saying earlier, everyone is wired differently, and uh, I I've only lived one life, which is the one I'm living now. But yeah, just that's just how I feel. So, what's your best moment with our baby so far? What has been the best moment? The best moment? Yeah. I don't know about the best moment, but I just feel really happy when you bring, because like a lot of times I'm on night duty, and I like, <laughs> wake up much later than Katie, because Katie has said you're not to, on night duty. Yeah, I am. A lot of times I am. I put her to bed and yeah, like until like one a.m. or two a.m. Then I take over. Right. Anyway, to split. Right, but anyway, <laughs> what I really like is when you bring Sora in the morning, and yeah. uh, and I'm sleeping in bed, and you're like, "Oh, here's come Sora," and I wake up, and she has like her. By the way, Sora's skin is so white; she's like Snow White. It's like a radiant white. I don't know how to explain. I think she's <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyway, she brings this holy figure into the room. Holy figure. <laughs> and then like the the sun like beams in from the sides 
and then I just see her smile, and that really like just just makes me happy. Uh, how about you? I think the first time we took her out on a small walk mm. around our neighborhood, finally felt like it was settling in and started to like appreciate having the baby in mm. my life. Because until then, I'm just like at home feeding her, putting her to bed, feeding, putting her to bed. Not like a cow. Yeah, I mean like, you know, I didn't even Ooh. like change my Ooh. clothes for like... Okay. The whole week, you yeah. know, there's no point. And like, yeah. actually, I I was almost like topless the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> there's no point on putting on the uh, clothes. And I used to call the Amazon woman because she never had any clothes on in the house. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's no point. Like, I didn't even feel like going out for even like a breath of air because I just felt kind of so down and not great. And I think after like a month mm. i think we decided like kind of impromptuly take let's like take her out for a walk like finally for the first time i changed my clothes and <laughs> <laughs> like brush my hair and went out i like saw the sun and then saw the nature <laughs> mm. step outside the house and oh wow i kind of like felt a little bit more sane and yeah that felt really really good and kind of that was like a moment of realization that wow i have this baby and wow we are like a family now yeah yeah i think we've hit our stride now wait she's sleeping oh by the way i don't think we even said she's she just passed uh 50 days so why is 50 days important it's not that important in korea traditionally it's the first hundred days yeah that's like a milestone because in the past like babies like used to die much like didn't pass 100 days and a lot of babies died before that so we celebrate like the first hundred days it's like an important mark Mm. but like half of that is 50 days so we like to also celebrate that yeah so in Korea, 100 days is important, like Katie said, because a long time ago, the babies would die. And so there's not that big of a celebration for that, but that's just a marker. And usually for the first 100 days, uh, it's the norm or common like thinking to keep the baby indoors. Yeah. Uh, and you, you people usually don't go out uh, for the f- basically for the first three months. And then mm-hmm. after 100 days, you start taking the baby out. But we started but- taking the baby out much earlier. Like, yeah, I think just like, like a personality after one month. Yeah, we just couldn't stand just being at home stuck here. Yeah, I think it would have driven me crazy, even more crazy. <laughs> after the 100 days, the next big marker is we call it tour, which yeah. is their first birthday. Yeah, that's the big event. Usually they would have like like a big ceremony, invite all your family members uh-huh. and like... Uh, have a meal and like also there's a you lay fun out some game objects yeah see which they pick to see like what they're gonna go to jabi basically right Are they gonna be i'm looking forward to see what sora grabs are you gonna put out your climbing shoes <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good yeah we have to think of some stuff now my biggest romance in my mind or like romantic idea for our family uh is like going I could just imagine us like going camping throughout like 
Korea. Yeah, like, mountains. Yeah, like have a little campfire and then just their family, like uh, camping in the wild and like going That'll climbing, climbing during the day and like sleeping in a little campfire. And, yeah. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. So that's like my kind of romantic idea. My but mind. that's going to be long away. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One moment I want uh, our baby to grow fast so we can like start hanging out, go to all these places, like <laughs> travel. Then the other moment, like, no, I don't want her to grow fast. Because like, yeah. like this moment is so precious and it's never gonna like come back again. So when you, when you were at the postnatal care center, I remember you were crying. I was like, why are you crying? Because Sora's already getting old. One day she'll have to die. And I was like, she's two I was getting old. so emotional. I was, like, I was like, she's only, no, she's like three days old. Come on, Katie. Yeah, the, actually the first three days when I was at the hospital, like, because you would stay with me during the daytime and then you go home, right? At night. So at night I got so emotional. Like I couldn't really sleep either. Uh. And then like so many thoughts like be passing by and, I was like, this thing is so precious and so angelic. And then, like, I was already thinking about the end. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, she's going to grow up so fast and yeah. leave us. And <laughs> we have plenty of time. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm already feeling so sad and emotional about thinking that. Oh, so sweet. Guys, I hope that was, uh, you know, I think that was... Uh, kind of at yeah. least we were kind of going back and forth i don't even know how this podcast will sound like there's there was just no structure or order <laughs> that's a future day podcast we just ramble yeah if you want to listen to a more structured podcast you go listen to tim ferris or other people <laughs> tim ferris was surrounded to <laughs> we're really happy i hope that it's conveyed through the podcast and I, I don't know. I feel like someone who just like learned about uh, Jesus. <laughs> I just want to tell everyone. <laughs> or Muhammad or whoever, or Buddha, whoever your religion is. Like, I felt like my religion right now is my beautiful baby and I just want to have, I just want to have all of my friends or even our like, our our virtual neighbors who are like on the fence, like go through it and it's something beautiful and don't let anyone or don't let yourself, most importantly yourself, don't let fear talk yourself out of it or like just yeah. these society's values about how women need to be in career and all this and all that. No, trust me, no job promotion or amount of money will like defeat a baby like looking at you in the morning and straight talk. Yeah, but I'm also really thankful that you've been really supportive and helpful because like, you know, the first thing that when you talk to, like, other women about, like, getting pregnant, having child, like, there's so much sacrifice that a woman makes. Like, oh, that's why it's so much more difficult and stuff. But I feel like, for me, like, the, I mean, it hasn't been long, but, like, I feel like you are just equally really, like, helping Sorry. out and going through this, difficult thing together i felt like you were we were doing it together rather than me like like sacrificing so much more i never felt i never felt like that during this 
uh, last two months I because like when I'm looking at when I'm watching the baby you are like like kind of behind the scene doing all these other things you know yeah we had a running joke like at, when we we're at the 21 like I would tell Katie like my gosh in Korean I'd be like yeah which basically means there's nothing for me to do here but i have so many things to do here yeah like literally you have no time to sit down yeah like <laughs> like i mean yeah. well then you're not even feeding the baby yeah i'm the one who's feeding the baby but everything else you are doing it for me like oh go grab some water take grip and then wash up wash this thing or like yeah has yeah. this something to the the room the or, or like bring my meal clean up like take the dishes out, the dishes back to the the main foyer and yeah oh now you need to sleep okay i'll burp the baby <laughs> like burping the baby turns into 30 minutes and then oh she peed oh i gotta go change her diaper and then after the diaper oh i gotta go pick up the sanitized thing oh they called they need to get this i go back and forth and i was just like a little mouse <laughs> for like i would come home and i'd be exhausted <laughs> i know oh i know God. i know i never fell asleep on my desk at <laughs> even when i was a student but for the first time in my life at home on my that work computer i fell asleep at the desk and i woke up <laughs> in like a panic because i didn't know what time where i was and um, then you were taking care of all these things at home too like yeah, the work throwing stuff. away the recycles oh, and, and all the housework stuff yeah so i really felt like I wasn't the only one who is going through this difficult thing. Like, you were going through it with me together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Everyone's gonna do their part. Everyone's gonna do their part. And then <laughs> my mom was like, "The funny thing, you no." Know, while my mom was here, she was like, oh, "One day she just asked me, oh, did you ask um Daniel to do the laundry?'" Or did he do it voluntarily by himself? <laughs> I'm like, no, I never ask him. He just does it whenever it's about time. She's like, wow, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> oh, your mom said that? Yeah. <laughs> because like usually, A, the guy never like kind of, you know, what basically, not doing the laundry, but basically putting the laundry into the laundry machine and like yeah. basically but here's okay that's an interesting topic maybe we'll talk about this for like five ten more minutes but like for most americans or korean americans or people who live in america or or go to like university they live by themselves and like doing laundry and like cooking and stuff like that is yeah. like that's like part of growing up and becoming independent that's like the basic it's like the basics right yeah. like what's hard about throwing a couple of um old clothes or like dirty clothes into a it's not like you're doing hand laundry it's you're pressing a machine just put a little bit of soap and do it right yeah it's not hard but it's just the fact that you do it without me telling you to do it that's what she was like kind of impressed about i know but this is what i'm trying to say is that like in korea most everyone all the guys they live with their parents until they become yeah uh, mostly because of cost too yeah that uh, the culture too yeah culture and cost and so um yeah true yeah so a lot of the times they've never done the housework or even even doing dishwashing or like worry about the laundry because the mom like takes care of all that that's why i don't like also when your mom is like oh don't touch the 
my mom did that to me too like oh yeah like don't touch the uh dishes like i'll do it and that's the 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 mom's the mom's role but like my mom after a certain age she started getting pissed she's like nobody <laughs> helps me with anything i was like mom for the life like for 20 years you wouldn't let any of the kids do help any of the dishes that. or help you because it was akko they should just be studying why yeah. at the why just because all of a sudden now you feel like you need help would our habits change so with hara we're gonna make her do all these like like help like what i want to teach hara because i i understand like i lived it too like you doing five to ten minutes of like washing dishes is not going to take you away from going into harvard or like it's not going to take you away from becoming a better student yeah you see what i'm saying it's all in the mom's mind like so like you need to build healthy habits so like a lot of times like i'll be like helping with cooking too yeah yeah like now that i think about it my mom never like asked us to help with cooking that's why like you don't know how to cook a f- fried egg until you met me <laughs> you don't know how to fry an egg right that's like kibun. so that's a in my mind that's like a generational gap but that's definitely something that's going to change just yeah. making it more like natural to just like do it together and i think for our out. kids definitely they're gonna grow at least i want to teach them uh as much independence as possible like you know how there's the, those parents who make their kids like go to the airport with their own luggage bag luggage i think that's the cutest thing and have them pull their own luggage i think that's bag. so cute yeah i want to see that yeah i want to get her her own luggage bag yeah, <laughs> our kids are gonna be fiercely independent anyway guys <laughs> yeah i think we just like want to keep talking because it's been such a long while yeah <laughs> we had a private time like this and yeah <laughs> we don't want to like finish it yeah but now we move this podcast into a different space and so maybe we'll do more of these it's easier all righty neighbors we'll call I that don't a wrap. Wanna, i don't want to go want to say something else there's one thing that i learned about this whole like breastfeeding and the hospital situation is that like in korea like if you if you re- if you're really like strong about just exclusively breastfeeding the baby from day one you need to go to those hospitals that like encourage you to do or they say they exclusively breastfeed the babies instead of formula feeding them yeah and there's like that like have the name tag for it and there's only like eight across entire korea and so if i if I was more knowledgeable about this whole thing, I should have like like picked one of those hospitals and just like give birth there. Then those hospitals will like those basically teach you or like just encourage you, be support you to do breastfeeding exclusively. 100% breastfeeding. And like stay oh it's called Boja Dongshi one. So basically allow you to or allow you to stay with the baby 24 7 from day one oh, i see yeah and i think there's i was surprised that there's only like eight but now that you know this even even from the hospital that we had our sara at you can also do that yeah i didn't know yeah but now you don't see so, so what you're saying is those nine hospitals you're talking about their default yeah is to go 100 percent breastfeeding from the beginning whereas the majority of hospitals will feed your baby formula 
and then it's up to you to tell them which way you want to go. Mm. So even in the hospital we went to, you can go 100% breastfeeding, but you have to be explicit to them and like tell them like, give me the pump now and like, like uh, give me the baby because I want to directly feed her and like, yeah, they're not gonna handhold you on how to go to 100% yeah. breastfeeding, right? Yeah, but also you need to, but not all hospitals are like that. Cause like right. my friend who gave birth on the same week as I did, I don't know where her hospital was, but in her hospital, they didn't let them like basically be together with the baby until the moment they left the hospital. So she could only watch the baby over the window. Did she do a C-section? It doesn't matter what you did. Whether it's Yeah, she did C-section, but basically they don't want the moms to like kind of be together with the baby because of still because of covid i guess but i thought that's really severe but one thing that we should say is that like right now we're doing a hybrid so we 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 feed sort of both breast milk as well as formula and i think we're going to keep going that route but i don't know we we shouldn't be too quick to judge whether that's like hundred percent, hundred percent breast uh, feeding uh, is like a huge commitment. That means like you're up every yeah. night for six yeah. months, and if you're gonna go back to work, how could how would that even be great? And like, so r- what I'm saying is that not like, even six months, even longer. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that like, I don't know if that's really the great, the best thing. Like, in our naive minds. We might have thought like 100% breastfeeding is the best natural way to go. But in our kind of lives that we live and, you you know, you're considering going yeah. back to work. Yeah. Maybe it's good that we're doing a hybrid now. So it's easy for her to take formula later, too. So you yeah. don't know what's right or wrong. We're yeah. still working through that. So No, but I'm, yeah, I'm kind of happy with the current situation. But like I was just really upset and kind of felt really... I don't know regretful about like the whole process because i felt like i was just going with the flow and i didn't you have in control a, yeah i wasn't asked. in control yeah. of anything like yeah. and then then i'm like oh my god what's going on all of a sudden and then, like now i can't even go back and i felt so kind of like sh- i don't know ashamed of myself or like also not really being being so like naive and like not i felt very ignorant basically I'm sure there's so much information about it, but like first time mothers are just so worried about the giving birth. And so yeah, all this other stuff is- Yeah, that's basically what happened to me. Like yeah. I was so, I didn't even know to like research about this whole breastfeeding or anything. I thought that's like just something that just comes naturally. Yeah, me too. I didn't even think about the formula because I was like, oh- why formula? I mean, I can I, breastfeed. I thought if the mother just plopped out the boob, the baby just attaches and then just me feeds too. and goes to bed. Somehow, <laughs> me too. I just, I was so ignorant about this whole thing. Yeah. Until like, I went through it and. All right, neighbors. <laughs> I think we'll call it at night. It's pretty late here as well. Yeah. The greatest shut it down. Um, yeah, but if you have any like, questions about anything we talk about today or more about i don't know like something else that you want us to touch on regarding like the hospital system 
Korea that we experienced or the postnatal care center or yeah. Oh, how much was the postnatal care center? I think some people would be interested in that. Oh, around like uh, for two it was weeks around three hundred fifty, right? Yeah, around three thousand USD for two weeks. Yeah. yeah, but I think we were more on the lower range. It can go as high as like ten thousand. Yeah, some some post care like, centers in Gangnam. Yeah, but that's like ten thousand or ten thousand is like ten thousand to fifteen thousand. Yeah, but now you're going to like ultra premium where you're like they put your hands in like wrap your hands in like algae so that your skin can recover all this weird crazy stuff. I mean, post care nurse center was like this, like um the the services that they were offering are pretty good. Like they were having yoga classes. And like like all this free mas not free but like it was all included but like body massage and facial care and all this but the like nurses were fantastic too there yeah like the moment these they hold the baby the baby's like stops crying so and goes good. to bed <laughs> so I think we should be more explicit like the the care center or the postnatal care center that experience. Apart from what your expectation was, was fantastic. The food was delicious, very yeah. wholesome. Um, the nurses were amazing. Facility is great. Everything and more than like than the we bed expected. was super comfortable. Super comfortable. Like um, our room was like a hotel room. Yeah, but it was just that your your expectation about none of that mattered to me at that moment. <laughs> like none it, of this yoga or massage exactly. or all these extra because things like i couldn't care less because my priority was about like i want to like be able to breastfeed feed the baby well like so that when i go home i i can like continue to feed her yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah we should we should say that because i think in the beginning we were like casting such a negative image about that yeah the the 21 but Just depends on what your expectation of why you're going there. The why is important. Yeah. If you're going to really recover, then oh my god, ten out of ten. If yeah. you're like wanting to do a hundred percent breastfeeding, eh, you gotta you gotta go in with a game plan and tell them. So Actually, that yeah. If you want to do hundred percent breastfeed, then I think they they recommend you not to go to care center. Yeah. Just go home straight after and just hire some like. Uh, person to help out with the housework basically right and we didn't know which one we wanted we thought we want we thought we wanted. we didn't even talk about it whether we wanted formula or like breastfeeding because it was just like i think at the back of my mind we never talk about it but i just thought that yeah it's just breastfeeding would be the most natural thing that will happen <laughs> you know and i think this this i think what we went through is like Very typical of first-time parents. Okay. Yeah, I don't think like I think this like this question mark and this maelstrom of like chaotic worries and anxieties. Everyone goes through that. Yeah, but if you have like a sibling who just went through it, they can really help you yeah. put your thoughts into perspective. But Thanks. unfortunately, we didn't have that, so our like storm brainstorming went wilder and wilder and started <laughs> raining on everybody. But uh, <laughs> So, so hopefully we can, you know, we can share our our experience and it can give uh, other people less of a chaotic storm. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of those like first few nights I posted on Instagram that breastfeeding is really hard and like I'm struggling. Like the amount of like responses I was getting from people, I was like amazed. 
And I felt really like kind of supported because everybody was like, yeah, it's so hard. It's super hard, but nobody talks about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. Exactly. All righty, neighbors, we'll let you off the hook. We'll be back very soon. Okay. And thanks for tuning in, y'all. Thanks for listening to our rambling. That's right. <laughs> from, you know, we're recording this in our, uh, in our little room, broadcasting it from Korea. Today is a record. It's like almost two hour. Maybe we need to split it into part one and part two. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Or you will, you will cut it out. All righty. <laughs> see you guys. See you.